Get your Bible out and go to Acts chapter 1. Isn't God good? All the time. Ha, ha, ha. Now, I got to introduce somebody that y'all don't know about. Where's little Jens Ginsky at? Where's that little Jens Ginsky lady? Now, don't come up here again because I know if I give you the mic, you're going to preach all morning long. I don't even let you preach again. Stand up, Jill. This is one of my former youth pastors. She has since moved up to Amish country and helping the people up there. Um, she's up in uh, Massachusetts and uh, doing good. It's good to have her around here. Amen. And those are her boys, tall, good-looking, handsome guys. Amen. How'd they turn out looking like me? So good-looking. Oh, and I didn't say that, did I? That time Karen was in the phone and says, Pastor, I'm pregnant. It's your fault. And I went, Karen, don't say that around here. Just because I prayed him in don't mean I caused it. And Josh is the reason for that little. Anyway. Anyway, I love to mess with people. Get you, Acts chapter 1. You know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, last week we were talking Father's Day. And, um, and I told the first service, you know, holidays, you always got to stop what you're doing and take, care, and take care of holidays. And I don't always like it, but last, last week was fun. But before that, we were talking about a sermon called Back to the Basics. We were talking, and we went in, and we started talking about it, And I came out, and I made a statement to you, and I said, you know, this is a football. Um, what's his name? What's the coach? Vince Lombardi. I just want to see if Josh knew who, who it was. Josh don't know nothing about football. He's a baseball boy. But Vince Lombardi walks out into... A, uh, with a bunch of men, a bunch of pro football players. And, and these, are, these are men that have had a football in their hands since they were five. And he, said, and he steps out and he's going to say something to them to motivate them because he wants them to start winning. They're, they're playing football to win, guys. They're not playing football just for a check. Maybe some of them are. But he walks out and he stands there and he says, gentlemen, this is a football. And you'd have to stop and think in the natural. That's about a stupid statement to men who've been playing since they were five. And one of the men have piped up and said, you know, slow down, coach. You're going too fast for us. In other words, we know that. But yet they weren't winning. And he, he, he stepped out with that statement because he wanted to make a point. We're going to go back to the basics. Because football games are not won and lost by fancy plays. They're won and lost by doing the basics and doing the basics well. The men who, the, the teams who win are the ones who pass better than the other team, catch better than the other team, block better than the other team, quarterback better than the other team. In other words, they play ball better. They, they have got the basics down. In other words, it's really a simple, simple sport. Amen. Amen. But it's played well. Christianity, Jesus made a statement. He said, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. Christianity is actually easy. Victory is easy. But it's a matter of doing the basics and doing the basics of Christianity well. And we have this idea, and I don't know where we got it from, um, Maybe, pre maybe we preachers did it. You come to church, you have a problem, somebody up here has an anointing and a magic wand, and we're going to wave it over your head just like Disney World, and all of your problems are going to go away. Not so. Not so. We're, there's a life you're required to live after you get born again. Being born again is not the end of your Christianity. It's the beginning of it. And so God puts you in a church, and he did not come to, to make converts. He came to make disciples. There's a new buzzword in America today that churches were designed to win the lost. That's not true. Boy, it's quiet in this Baptist church right now. Listen to me. Churches 
are not designed to win the lost. It is a part of church, but it's not the reason. Now, what happened there? In other words, if I'm going to have a church that wins the lost, there are things I can't do in here because they won't understand and they will leave. You can't talk about tongues. Because, listen, we are a fraternity. We have words and verbiages that we use that the lost doesn't know. There has to be a time that the pastor is teaching saints the Bible. And it's Sunday morning. Sunday morning is not designed for the lost. Out, the lost aren't in here. They're out there. You want them, go out there and get them. And, we're, and listen, I was, I was, I was up at a Rayma meeting yesterday, and a guy stood up, and he's a, he's a wild evangelist, and, and I'm going to have him down here. He goes into towns, and, and I mean, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll have a crowd of 1,500 people. He, all he's got is a flatbed truck, and, he, and he'll get the gospel out. And listen, we're, I'm the, I told him, I said, we're going to bring you in. I got some young people in my church that love to meet you. We'll get in here and we'll rock this city. But listen to me, the, the sinners aren't in, aren't in here. And if we're going to make room for them, if we're going to make a church that's for them, I'm going to starve you to death. So, so y'all, listen to me, that sounds good. But it's not true. And so what's happened is the church has stayed in babyhood. The pastors are not preaching the word of God to people because they're not preaching truth. They're not growing. You're going to have to have the word if you're going to grow. And that's what we do. That's what we do in here. So there are, there are things we need to talk about in church, and we've got to go back over some basics so that you live in victory. When you get saved and you come out of the world, you're not, you need victory. We've got people who've walked in here, you had not been saved that long. You need help. And I'm telling you, stay with us, and your life will be better. I will guarantee it. But you've got to stay. You've got to come in these doors. Now, we got people that will call you, answer your phone, and they'll bug you. you. You get out there and get back into sin again, they'll call you up. Amen. Where are you? At the bar. Get out of there. Come on in here. You know that a bar is nothing but a church. It's got a pastor you tell your problems to. It's got communion every time you go in, and they take up an offering every time you come in there. It's just like church. It's just a dead church. It's the church you don't want to be in. So we started off, and I said, we're going to go back to the basics. And, and so I started off on casting all your cares on the Lord. And the reason I started that is, number one, because, because you cannot live your life full of anxiety. Anxiety in your life and heart um, will, will kill you faster than smoking cigarettes and doing drugs. Fear and anxiety will kill you quickly. And, and I'm going to tell you something. There are people right now, and, and, and friends of mine, they're no longer around. They're dead because they got into anxiety and it killed them. It, it's deadly. And so there are things you've got to learn to do, casting all your cares on the Lord, quit worrying, quit fretting. You say, well, I can't. You No, know, you won't. I didn't say it was easy, but you can do it, and you must do it. So that was the first thing we did. We talked about casting your cares on the Lord. And then we talked about Paul in jail. We talked for a few minutes about how Paul went to jail and they put him in jail. It wasn't an American jail. And they locked him in chains. And it says, and he prayed 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 and he prayed. And he said, Silas, how'd you get us in here? He said, I thought you heard from God, Paul. He said, oh, no. He said, it must have been that pepperoni you had oh, last week. We were at that Italian guy's house. He said, no, no. No, no, he says, I thought I heard from God, but you got us in jail up here. He says, we got to pray. You got to call. You got to call the prayer chain down in Jerusalem and, and get a hold of the prayer tower down there. Get a hold of Peter, James, and John. I mean, my God, we need some prayer on this. I, I sound like the average preacher. He says he's prayed and what? And sang. If God heard you, start singing. Ain't no reason for you to walk around looking like you've been sucking lemons all your life. If Jesus is Lord and your name's written in the Lamb's book of life, you ought to look like you're alive. 
Come on, Jesus died for you, wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life. You've been redeemed back to God by the blood of Jesus. Notify your face. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, if, if, if you're not happy, nobody wants your God. If he can't help you, he can't help them. They don't want your God. I want to tell you about my Jesus. Well, don't preach mad. <laughs> I had a guy live next door to me one time, and um, when I was going to Rama, and, uh, and, and he was anti-baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. That's been done away with. And he'd come over to my house, and he, would, and he would look at me and start arguing with me about the Bible, and I'd give him a scripture, and he'd argue for a while, and then he would storm away and go home. He was always upset. And one day, he walked over to my house, and he said, I have a question for you. Why is it I'm right and you're happy? <laughs> I said, you might want to think about that a little while. Well, he ended up getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And next time, last time I saw him, he was happy, <laughs> full of joy. So now we're going to get into something else. I want to get into number two. Y'all ready for number two? Acts chapter one, verse one. Number two on the list is being filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, y'all are exciting. Now, you, but you'll appreciate it before we get out of here. We got a couple of ladies on the front. They're sitting here for, for round two of this. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to think about this one. I'm going to read a scripture. Let me just read it first, and then we'll talk. Acts 1, 1. Oh, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all Jesus began to do and teach. Everything he taught Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not all he had to say. He finished the rest of his talk through the apostle Paul. But the church, what the guys weren't ready to hear it because they weren't born again. There's a lot of stuff he hadn't told you yet. You, you're not ready you know, when the boys were little, they would come to me and Lisa and talk about where babies come from. You know, when you're there five, you don't get into a lot of detail. I'll come over here and nobody over there understood. You just said, well, you know, you know, um, mommy, God gives mommy a baby and she carries it and, and you know and the kids are satisfied but at five years old you, that's about as far as you can go but when they're 20 you might want to sit down and have a talk <laughs> do you know what's causing this thank you for y'all's enthusiasm there are things God doesn't talk to you about because you're not ready Amen. you can't hear it and later in life, you'll come back to church and he'll take a scripture and show you things. You're going, well, I never saw that. You weren't ready before. There's a lot in here you don't know. He wants to show you some stuff where you are now. Amen. All right, Acts. so let's move on. Until the day he was taken up to it. It says, verse 3, to whom he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them 40 days and speaking things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now he's talking to them about what's about to happen to them. Verse 4, and being assembled together, he commanded them, say commanded. commanded. That's an order. He didn't make a suggestion here, guys. He commanded them. Don't leave Jerusalem and wait for the promise which he said you've heard from me. Now let's think about this for a minute because the church world has the idea, and you've been taught this, that the day of Pentecost is the first day of the church. It's not. The day of Pentecost is not the first day of the church. The first day of the church is the day that the Lord Jesus rose from the dead. And then after that, he met with his disciples and he said, Thomas, put your finger in my hands. And he said, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe who hadn't seen me. So we know Thomas is a believer. We know that James and John went into the, into the tomb and it says John believed. And then it said he appeared to him and re said, receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, what Holy Spirit did he give them? They're born again. 
So, so the day of Pentecost is not the first day of the church. So because of that doctrine, then, then we thought that, that all there was to Christianity was just come to Jesus. It's not. You are come to Jesus and you're born again, but you don't have everything that you need to make it. You want to live victorious in this life? You want to make it? You want to bear fruit? He said, though, that, though you're born again, being assembled together, he said, I, I command you, don't even think about leaving town until you're endued with power from on high. Now, let me, make, let me say this right now. Somewhere along the lines, we came up with the idea that being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues was optional. Folks, it's not. I'm not anti-anybody. I'm very pro-something. But, I'm, but I, that they hadn't asked me to pastor their churches because if they did, I'd preach this there. I don't care. I mean, they run me out and I'll just march out front and get a banner and pretend like it's a parade. I'm not worried about it. But listen, the reason they don't know is because they never had me come or someone come preach them or they just choose not to know. It's not my fault people don't know, but you need to know. You came in here, I'm going to teach you something. If, you don't, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you're not going to make it. This is not optional. This is not a cassette player versus a CD. This is the motor. You don't get to go, well, I want that truck, but I don't think I want a motor in it. Just drag it to the house. We're just going to sit in it and sing Kumbaya. <laughs> you know, there's churches in America that are dead. Why are they dead? The Holy Ghost, they got, they got God. They got the Father. They got the Son. But we don't want that Holy Ghost guy. Right, yeah. I mean, we're kind of scared of him. Well, you never know what is going to happen when he comes in. Because I've been in churches before, they're wild. You know, people take off running and dancing and jumping and hollering. And praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And we don't want to look like that. We want to be dignified. Well, dignity is a devil. It's called dead. I'm going to tell you something. Someone give you a million dollars, you're going to dance. <laughs> yeah, baby. Woo. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't think so. Someone give you eternal life, you need to crank it up, baby. I mean, my God. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That ought to light you up a little tiny bit. We get excited about what God is doing and what he's doing in our life. Amen? So anyway, this, this Holy Ghost guy, he's God. You, you don't want God in the church? That's, Jesus said, I'll build my church. It ain't your church. It ain't the Baptist's church. It ain't the Pentecostal's church. It ain't the Methodist church. It's Jesus's church. He's the one that died for it, rose from the dead, paid for it with his own blood. And you and I do not have the right to redesign it any way we want to redesign it. He gave us a book and said, this is the book, follow the book. If it don't look like the book of Acts, it ain't his church. I don't know what it is, a social club maybe. But now he said, don't you leave Jerusalem. Why? So let me ask y'all a question. When did Jesus become the son of God? At birth. How many miracles did he do at 10? None. 12. None. 20. None. Where did he get it? When he met John the Baptist, it said, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went around doing good and healing all the oppressed of the devil. He didn't have any power, and yet this is another doctrine. You've heard it all of your life in church. He healed people to prove he was the son of God. No, he didn't either. He's son of God from birth. How'd he do it? Holy Ghost. 
Did Jesus need the Holy Ghost? Come on, that sounds like heresy. Jesus is God in the flesh. And he needed the Holy Ghost. Where in the world did we get the idea we didn't? We don't need that Holy Ghost stuff. Yeah, you do too. Jesus commanded it. There's no option here. Don't you even think about leaving Jerusalem. I got born again November 16, 1975. I got filled with the Holy Ghost February. I mean, the first thing God did was drag me off in a church and get me full of the Holy Ghost. Well, I was a mess. You come out of the world, you a mess. You might be born again, but you a mess. You might be saved, but you stink. You a Lazarus, he stinketh. Lazarus was stinking in there and he was stinking when he came out. He's a little stinker. And he told the church, he said, get them grave clothes off of him. If you don't get them grave clothes off, they're going to kill you one more time. You're dying again. You got to get them grave clothes off you. So you got to get in, get your mind renewed and get right, get get things right. So so listen, he told you, don't you leave. So so today, number two on my list is that the basics, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. All right, let's move on. There's two realms in the world. There's a spirit realm and there's a natural realm. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Come on, let's go on over there. Wow. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now you guys on the front row, this is, this is the hallelujah section. <laughs> now I want you to know that when they go quiet, y'all got to help me out. Because back there, sometimes they, you know, they don't, they ain't paying close attention. And I know y'all are paying attention up here. That's why you're on the front row. I always tell when people backslid and they always go to the back row. Nah, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Just a little condemnation in this church. No, I'm just joking. Just a little bit. Actually, we have men stationed in, in the room for your safety. You come in here, you got to climb over some big men. That's the truth. Let's look at this. 1 Corinthians, verse 6. Second, chapter 2, verse 6. However, we speak a wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. That's the devil. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God, ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers knew it. For had they known it, they'd have never crucified the Lord of glory. As it is written, look at this, I has not seen nor ear heard nor entered the heart of man the things God prepared for those who love him. Is that true? Yes. No. That's an Old Testament scripture. I know, I just tricked you. He's talking an Old Testament scripture. Now, he, now look at the next one. But God revealed them to us. See, you and I are not ignorant. But, but now listen to what I'm about to say to you right now. Just listen. Without the Holy Ghost, you'd have never gotten saved. 80% of the people in America right now, are not born again, 80%. The Bible says they're walking in darkness, and they don't even know it. Why don't they know it? Because we're not praying for them. And we need to have another day where we come in here and talk about prayer. There, that Satan has blinded them, and only a saint can break that off of them. You got family members in our right, you get in there and start praying for them. We'll spend, another, we'll spend a whole morning on that one day. Because you, you need to understand, they can't come out of captivity by themselves. you got to set them free. Now, but the fact is, until someone starts praying, they don't even know they're lost. I didn't even know I was lost until my mother started praying for me. And the Holy Ghost started coming on me and talking to me. And I had no idea where this was coming from. I mean, all of a sudden, God would start talking to me. And I'm like, what is this? Like Jesse, Jesse's down in Tijuana trying to sin, and his mama's praying for him. He gets on the phone, quit praying for me. I can't sin with you praying for me. You start praying for your kids, they'll get miserable. Now, if your husband's miserable, it's because you're praying for him. The more you're praying for him, the crankier he's getting. Amen. I knew you'd like that. All right. All right. 
I has not seen nor ear heard nor entered the heart of man the things God prepared for those who love him, but... God has revealed them to you and I through his spirit. Yet the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man which is in him? Nobody knows what's going on in you but you. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. There is no way, listen to me, totally 100% impossible to know God without the Holy Ghost. You can't even know the word of God without the Holy Ghost. That Bible is a closed book until the Holy Ghost reads it to you. Now, listen, listen, you can sit in this church and I preach and you can leave ignorant. You know why? Because you're not full of the Holy Ghost. You're just sitting there going, oh, that was crazy. I mean, he hollered a little bit and slung a little spit everywhere and made him laugh a little tiny bit, but it didn't make no sense to me. It's just kind of crazy in there to me. I mean, I don't understand why they all packing in that place and listening to that guy. And then you got someone else back there going, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God, I got it. And all the, and the Holy Ghost is talking to him and sitting right next to somebody and he ain't hearing nothing. How long did Judas run, run around with Jesus? Same time Peter did. And what did he get? He didn't get nothing. There's people sitting in church going to hell. They ain't getting anything. Boy, this is this. Amen. This is big. This is big stuff. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we speak. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness to him, nor can he know them, they're spiritually discerned or understood. Yet the Spirit, he who is spiritual, judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Where'd you get it? Holy Ghost. Now I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead of myself right now. Everything that you're ever going to need in life, he put it in you. It's in you. But you got to pray it out. And you ain't praying it out in English. Unless you're Mexican. Now, I was down in Venezuela and I laid hands on a guy down there and he got filled with the Holy Ghost and started speaking in English. I'm sitting there listening. He's praying in tongues in his English. And I'm going, that's cool. And his English was perfect. And I'm going, whoa, dude, he worshiping God in English. And later I said something to him in English. He goes, ah. I said, you know what you're saying? He goes, and he's praying in English in tongues. I went, that's neat. Okay. I know, I know that the, the world has thought this is not that big of a deal. And the church is not making a very big deal out of it. But you have God, the Holy Ghost in you. Now, how big is he? You remember Jesus dying and going to hell? He got him out. Right? You think he can get you out? Yes, he can. You don't have a problem he can't fix. But the problem he's having is that we've never learned to cooperate with him very well. Because it seems foolish. How foolish is it to walk around? What would you say? I don't know. Sounds crazy to me. When you're praying in the spirit, the biggest problem, the biggest person you're going to have a problem with is you. Your head and your flesh will fight you. And if your flesh wins, you'll stop. The reason you stopped praying in the spirit, because your carnal mind took over. And you're relying on your brain, not God's. But you have the ability to tap God's brain Think about that a minute. How smart is he? He knows everything. Right? All right, look at chapter 3, verse 1. Let's go. And I, brethren, I couldn't talk to you like you were spiritual. But babes in Christ, I fed you with milk 
and not solid food. For now you aren't even able to receive it. For, there's, for, you're not able, for some of you are still carnal. Where there's envy, strife, and division, you're carnal. The church today, the biggest problem in churches is carnality. Now I'm going to take a side journey here. Satan's biggest weapon is offense. You do not have the right to get offended. Now, why is that? Because Jesus, the Bible says, reprove, rebuke, exhort. You know what y'all want? Exhort, exhort, exhort. You even mentioned y'all did something wrong. Well, put up with that. And we'll just go down to another church. He said we were stupid. Well, you are. Compared to God. Amen. Now listen, some, you know, when, when you, you know, and I, and I last, two weeks ago, I used the analogy of a football. Y'all ain't never come in and say, coach, you're too rough with them. No, you don't say that, do you? Hey, boy, get out there and play that ball. Quit acting like a big sissy. Well, why is it when pastor coach says something, you get all ruffled up? That is true. Well, that pastor says, oh, oh, how did he offend him? Oh. That's where that scripture comes from. You'll know the truth and the truth will make you mad. It ain't in the Bible. I I made that one up. I mean, I made that scripture up. But it's still true. (laughs) Go Go to John chapter 16. We're just now getting started. This is important, God. Muy importante. This is very, very important. Now, listen, listen to these, and I'm going to read these. And, and you're going to, well, ah, let me read it. Let me just read it first. And then we'll, John 16, um, verse 13. However, when he, the person of the Spirit, has come, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into how much truth? All of it. Now, listen, listen to what I'm about to say to you. You can't know anything without him. You you don't know nothing about God unless the Holy Ghost shows you. I know that. I know you're sitting there thinking, no, that's not so. Listen, we've got some of the most intellectual people. I mean, you think I'm lying? Turn on the television. I mean, they're smart and they're all going to hell. That's not smart. Right? And they got the whole system figured out. And they can't even get saved. I ain't listening to these people. They don't know nothing. And you don't need to be listening to them either. Because there ain't nothing there but a bunch of strife and division. There ain't no joy in their life. Ain't no peace in their life. Turn it off. I got off Facebook. I got tired of hearing it. I didn't hear any more of this trash. I don't need trash. Yeah, I enjoyed all the cute pictures of y'all and your kids. You know what I mean? But I had to weed through so much stuff to get, and it's all advertising. I told Lisa, I just get it off my phone. Just take it off. I don't even want to mess with this stuff. Now, I'm telling you to do that because I know some of y'all are addicted to it. Lisa and I went to a restaurant one day, and there's a, there, there was a man and a woman sitting there, and he's on the phone, she's on the phone. I'm going, well, that's a date. <laughs> you take your wife out, put your phone up. You don't need to text her. She's sitting with you. You come over to my house, put your phone away. My house like the old cowboy. You put your guns up. You're, you come into town, put your guns away. Put your phone away. You're going to get in here and talk to me face to face. Amen. When, when the spirit has come, truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of his own authority. And whatever he hears for you, he'll speak it to you and tell you. There are things God wants to say to you, and the only person who's going to say them to you is the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Even though that's for you, 
It might not be happening to you because you're not doing what he told you to do. How do you, what is the door to the supernatural realm? What is it? It's tongues. The church is supernatural. The new birth is supernatural. The body of Christ is supernatural. There is no way to enter the doorway to the gifts of the Spirit and the knowledge of God if you don't pray in another tongue. Because you're not accessing it. You're relying on your head and there's not enough up there. But you want to rely on God's mind. And as foolish as that may sound to you, it's the wisdom of God. God, God, I think God did it that way to stomp intelligent people. Well, that makes no sense to me. And ignorant people are going, how to better than a mind about it. I said this in the first service, I'm saying it now. I was listening to Paul Younger Cho, and, and he said, he said, and I, I try to give you his accent, God, how come you make a million people church through me? He said, he said, Paul, it's because you're so dumb. <laughs> yeah, this, this is what the Lord told him. This is what he said. He said, what you mean? I'm so dumb. He said, well, everyone else I talk to is so intelligent, they don't listen. Are you so dumb, you do what I say. Maybe you could need to get dumb. So you'd be smart finally. That Pastor Dell, he a redneck. I dumb. I'm not very smart. But there's a guy inside of me. He's real smart. And as long as I'm listening on the inside, he's making me look good. He's fixing me when I'm sick. And he's fixing me when I'm broke. And he's giving me wisdom when I don't have any idea. And he's helping me find money when I ain't got no money. And I like listening to this guy that lives on the inside of me. That's not my belly. That's God. I just got more than some other folk do. I'm a simple person. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's why he made me the pastor. We got to find somebody real dumb. Oh, that'll be Daryl. All right, now listen to this. It's impossible to know Jesus without the Holy Ghost. It's impossible to know truth without the Holy Ghost. It is impossible to walk in the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit without the Holy Ghost. It is impossible to walk in love. We're not talking phileo, phileo love. You can walk in phileo love without speaking in tongues. That's all. You know, you ever meet people, they're, ni- they're nice. Yeah, oh, that person, they're nice. That ain't phileo. Agape love is a love that will take you to the cross and cause you to die there for someone else's benefit. You can't walk in love. You know, for years I read on love and love is patient, love is kind, and love hardly notices, and it didn't do me a bit of good. I mean, I'm stu- I say, God, I'm studying love, I'm studying love, I'm studying love, and I can't get it. <laughs> and he said, well... It's easy. I went, well, if it is, I ain't got it figured out. He said, I told you that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. What's wrong with you, son? You too busy studying love. Get in your bedroom and pray in the Holy Ghost until you get so full of God that you actually are a loving human being. Somebody comes out, you've been praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't like you. And you go, I love you. You, I love you. Just Man, you are just crazy in love because you full of God. And you leak, we know it, because you ugly again. You walk out and go, oh, you're not praying much. Oh, no, I see you don't pray much. You can't live for God without him. 
It won't be long. You'll be bored with church. This is boring. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you'll be in the world wanting to do drugs so you can get high and have a good life. That's a stupid. And you think we're crazy because we drunk in the spirit and it's free and it's legal. And you can drive a car and pray in tongues. Never mind. It is impossible to know your destiny without the Holy Spirit. Now, now listen, I'm going to talk to the young people around just for a moment. You already got your life planned. Your mama got it planned for you. I can tell you that. You're supposed to go to this school. You're supposed to marry that person. And I'm going to tell you something. You're about to mess it all up. And people do it all the time. And then they write movies and call it Hallmark. You know, every movie, I think I'm marrying the wrong person. You married the wrong person twice, baby, because I heard you praying tongues all night long on this movie. Now, Lisa and I know someone, a young person, a young person. We won't tell you who it is. And, and, and they said they had their life mapped out. And then one day they walked into a church and got filled with the Holy Ghost. And then they got into a church, not this one, but a church somewhere, and they started walking in the spirit. And one day they woke up and said, you know, my life is, that's not God. And that guy that I'm fixing to marry, that ain't God either. And started dawning on them that everything they were doing wasn't God. How would you know it? You don't. Lisa's mother called me into the ministry. Sweet lady. And she said to me one day, you're a pastor. And I said, Martha, be quiet. And I, we actually pastored a church called the Jubilee Center that Martha started, Lisa's mother. And I'm the pastor. And, and it didn't go anywhere. And I finally looked at her and I said, Martha, I've got to hear from God myself. You might be right, but I've got to hear from God. Young people, listen to me. You have got to hear from God. It's not enough to just pick somebody. Oh, they're handsome. How, tell me how long that lasts. The only person I've ever met that stayed beautiful year after year after year is my wife. And you know why? Because I'm using my faith. I call her beautiful every day. You are so beautiful. You are so beautiful. You're beautiful. And so she has such a mental image that she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Now, don't be looking at my wife. You just start calling yours beautiful. And I told her one day, I said, why don't you call me handsome? I'm tired of being ugly. (laughs) And she went, I ain't got that much faith. (laughs) I'm just, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. (laughs) But I have noticed that I don't act as old as other people my age. Y'all guys are, it's hard to be around y'all. Y'all act like senior citizens. Man, I am. Seniors, it's overrated. Being old is overrated. I am not going there. I'm going to stay young. You'll never catch me in Walmart in one of them carts. Why would you go to the gym and then go to Walmart and get in a cart? say, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you mad. All right, let's go. We got one more. I'm, I'm, I, I got plenty of time. Go to Romans chapter eight. Now we need to get to the meat of this thing. We've been in the potatoes. Now we need to get some meat. Romans eight. And we're going to start with 28. The biggest heresy in the body of Christ. The number one biggest heresy in the church today. You know, the Bible says, 
All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Well, I'm so glad it says that because you know what? I was really worried. And then the Lord showed me that scripture that all things work together. And I realized that no matter what I'm going through right now, it's all going to come out for the good. That's a major doctrine in the body. I'm going to read it to you again. My wife's over there praying for me right now. Help him, Jesus. I told you I speak in tongues with groanings which cannot be uttered in articulate speech. All right. Now look at this scripture and let's see where, where are we missing it. We know all things. Is that what it says? No, it does not. It's starting off with the word and. And is the middle of the sentence. You can't start a, a thought in the middle of the thought and make it scriptural. So the Bible doesn't say all things work together for the good. Now let's go back and read what did he say. Look at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us. The word helps, and I got to get Greek on you here for a minute. It means take hold together with you against something. It means that you're going to have times in your life, you're going to deal with a problem so big, so bad, you can't move it by yourself. It's against you. And you need someone to take hold together with you against it. In other words, if I need to move that piano, I'm going to have to get some men in the church to get on the other side of it. I'm not moving it alone. Most of the stuff you're going through right now is bigger than you are. Because the devil's shipping it to you. And you're trying to move a mountain without the Holy Ghost. Problems, sickness, disease, poverty. You can't whoop it, guys. It's bigger than you are. But it's not bigger than God. So he's going to get in the pit with you. This is what it means. He's going to help you. When it says he's going to intercede with you, means he is not going to just help you. He's getting in your pit with you. He came and lived inside of you. He knows all of your emotions. He knows your feelings. As a matter of fact, he's so with you. He's inside of you so much that he's able to pray even with your emotions. You can be in the middle of hell and you're feeling it and he's feeling it and you're going, oh God, this is bad. And he's in there with you and he says, why don't you and I take authority over that together and you say come on Holy Ghost and see he's in there helping you pray what you don't know and now listen listen to me listen to me you don't know you don't know you don't know how many devils you got tracking you right now you, you don't you don't know what Satan got planned for you next week? You don't know. What's he doing in your business to belly it up right now? You don't know. What's he saying to your kids at night laying in the bed? You don't know. Well, tell me you know. You don't know. God knew we were ignorant. He knows we don't know. But he sure didn't leave us ignorant. He said we have the mind of Christ. Where, where in the world are we getting this knowledge from? Tongues. This is not this is not Pentecostal. This is God. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. And then he was getting on to them because they talk in tongues all the time. That's a lot of tongue talking. Now I'm gonna tell you something about me, and I want you to know this. I'm not that deep. I'm not. I don't pray in tongues because I'm spiritual. I'm praying in tongues because I'm crazy. 
I'm praying in tongues because I'm, I'm a dumb as a rock. I'm not as spiritual as you think I am. I wake up in the morning and go, oh, 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 Lisa, I don't know what to do. She goes, come on, let's pray. What am I doing? And, and he starts turning it around, and then I come in here, and I go, oh, God is so good. And y'all go, he deep. Man, is he deep. I would have never known. He just, I mean, listen, when I'm in the hospital, and the doctor comes in, and he goes, oh, you're full of gangrene. And I go, I said that about medicine in my guitar. And he goes, what would you say? I said, don't worry about it. And they sewed me up and sent me home Wednesday, totally healed. And y'all go, my pastor's deep. No, I'm not. What do you think he's taking to hold together with me? And then I called up Lisa and said, pray. I called Mary Fran, pray. I called Betty Mae, pray. You guys start praying for me. Pray in the spirit. And they did. You know, I, when, that, when, when the doctor told me I had congestive heart failure, I don't know whether y'all know this or not, but they average living one year. And that was 10 years ago. Shandai, Shandai, I'm trying to help us. It makes no sense to me. Are y'all listening? The word weakness means sick, ailing in body, mind, and emotions. He says, you know not what you should pray. That means you don't even know the smallest detail of it. You have no idea. I can't tell you the stuff I've prayed through. Praying for stuff. Oh, man. We could be here. I could tell you stories until the sun came up tomorrow morning. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying through stuff. The kids pray in the Holy Ghost. Lisa's sick, and she's in, the, she's in the, and I think, I think Sandy remembers this. When she was going through adrenal fatigue, she started praying in the Spirit. Well, the Holy Ghost strengthened her body. And then he said this, it's your tooth. So Lisa called the dentist, and he said, it's not. And she dismissed it. She went back to prayer, because naturally God is wrong. She started praying again, and he said, it's your tooth. And she called the doctor, the dentist, and he said, it's not. She says, well, I'm coming in anyway. And they got up in there and found out it was abscessed. infected all up in her head. Now, that's deadly. Now, now, you might think, well, didn't he heal her? Well, sometimes you need a word. Sometimes you just need God to give you a word, just one word, and you're going, okay, I know what to do now. Are y'all getting this? We're a supernatural people. And, but you, you're not going to make it in the world against the world, the flesh, and the devil alone. You're not going to do it. It's frustrating. You're about to pull your hair out. I know. I know. Are y'all out there? And this might seem simple to you. But if it was for whatever reason, we have charismatics that barely ever pray in the spirit. You have a power and you're not even using it. If you have a car, don't walk to Winn-Dixie. That's not smart. Put the groceries in it and drive home. If you have the Holy Ghost, there's no reason for you to go through what you're going through. I know that sounds over. You don't know what I'm going through. Well, you don't know God. And I'm going to tell you this. Every bit of knowledge that I've ever gotten in my life. Go to, I want to, can I go one more scripture? Go to 1 Corinthians 14. I want to show you something. Every bit of wisdom from God. I'm talking Bible knowledge. This book right here, every bit of it, and everything that I'm doing today, I got it praying in the Spirit. Every bit of it. 14.1. Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. He that speaks in a tongue 
does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. What mysteries? The ones that are in you for you. Your destiny is inside you. Pray it out. That's, that's, that's wild. If not, you're just going to flop through life. What you want to do now? I don't know. What you want to do? Want to go to school? No, I tried that. No, I want to get a job? I tried that too. Well, you got to. Why? Because we're getting hungry. Yeah, maybe we should get a job. Listen, you don't need to live your life like that. We've got a whole generation. And listen to me very carefully. We've got a generation coming up in churches. And they don't know God. They sat in church. They started in children's church. They went through the youth. And they're in here. They're young adults. And they don't know God. And they're, they're being taught to rely on their intellect in life. And they're producing one failure after another. And every one of them fail. And the next generation comes along and says, I won't. And they rely on their intellect too. Because they think that the ones of us that are in here that are older and praying tongue, we're just a little crazy. And they don't want to be crazy like we're crazy. But then we got some young people in this church. Praying in the spirit is when the Lord told me to go to Ramah. I got drunk in the Holy Ghost. Lady called me on the phone and said, you're supposed to go to Raymond. I said, no, I'm not. And I started praying. I got drunk in the Holy Ghost and fell out in the power in my kitchen. I said, maybe I'm supposed to go to Raymond. <laughs> I got up to Tulsa and went off alone, started praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. And that's when the Lord came in the apartment, came in my apartment. I'm painting, knocked me in the floor. I'm sending you to Orlando. I said, yes, sir. Bang, I'm gone. Holy Ghost. I get down here. I'm working with Tom. God. God. Word of knowledge. Told me to marry Lisa. I said, no, 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 no. Lisa and I are 11 years apart. She'd never been married before. I got kids. I said, I, I went home, prayed about it all night long. I'm not going to put her through this. And through the Spirit of God, through the Holy Ghost. I've only dated two women, married them both. One was wrong, one was right. You ready for one more? I'm down in Haiti, preaching the gospel. Melanie was there. The Lord said, when you get back, they're going to ask you to take that church. You're the next pastor. I, I didn't get a map and find a church and decide to start one. But what, 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 happened, to, what happened to being led? What happened to maybe God has some say in what you're doing. What happened to that? You're going to rely on your head? Are you serious? There's not enough up there. When you're 20, you don't know much. When you're 80, you don't know much. But, you, but at least you know you don't. How am I doing? Nikki, did you pray? Did you? Well, good. That's a big deal, guys. It's a big deal. It's a big deal, guys. Marriage is not easy. But, man, it's nice when you marry the right one. I, I want to be married to a woman who loves God enough to love me. That's why mine's working. And she married a man enough to stay with it and to pray and to seek God and walk in love so that, listen, and we have a great marriage, but if we didn't, if both of us weren't filled with the Holy Ghost, are you serious? We'd have started the war from the North and the South all over again, the French and Indian War. Because both of us are very, very strong-willed leaders. Are y'all out there? It's nice. I've had times when I've walked in this church and there wasn't $200 in the checkbook. There wasn't any money. And I said, God, you said it. And I went home and went to bed. Why? Well, he told me to do it. I didn't tell me to do this. It's not my big, it's not my thing. Did he pull it out? Yeah. It's his, it's his building. 
It's his church. It's not mine. I don't worry about it. But it's nice knowing that, isn't it? But I got a pastor friend. I'm not going to name his name. He's on drugs. He's losing his mind. He built it. He built a church. He's millions of dollars in debt. He built it. And he's compromising everything to keep it. And it's killing him. I sleep tonight. I love having a good, just being full of peace and full of joy. I'm trying to quit. Did y'all get anything out of this? Amen. Amen. Father God, I came in here this morning with your church, your saints. I don't know who all in here is filled with the Holy Ghost, and I don't know who all's actually taking advantage of it. But I know they need to. This is a gift from you, a, a powerful gift. You gave it to us as a gift. You said you would give us the Holy Spirit. He would help us. And, and we got some people here who need some help. I've given them your word, and they know what to do. If they've come in here today and never been filled with the Holy Ghost, I want to ask you that just to use someone up here in the front, get them filled, help them with their prayer language. If they do have a prayer language, Father, I encourage them to start again today praying in the Spirit. Quit relying on their own understanding. There's nothing that they're going through you can't get them out of. Nothing. Nothing. I don't care what it is. I don't care what the doctor said. It's not impossible. You'll get them out of it. And Father, we give you glory and honor for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Say thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Ghost. Now, next week, we're going to go through another basic. I don't know what it is yet. I haven't prayed about it. And I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.